0: Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee with Steve Conroy, Doogie Gunning and Des Roach and me, Lindsay Herron. Big show for you today. We've obviously got the old firm game to chew over later on in the programme. And of course, the big announcement from the SPFL that VAR will be put to a vote by the uh, the member clubs on the 19th of April. We'll touch on that later too. get into the the nuts and bolts of that one. But first, let's go back to the Saturday matches, uh, guys, if you don't mind. And we'll start off with with, uh, Aberdeen's game at Dundee. A couple of big incidents in that one, Steve. Um, I think the main one was, from uh, an Aberdeen point of view, was that uh, Jim Goodwin felt that Charlie Adam was flailing with his elbows and and, and hitting uh, Lewis Ferguson. But you've had a look at it. What do you think?
1: There was certainly um, contact in it, but I think Jim um, has... Looked at it um, and slightly blinkered uh, and ignoring the fact that Ferguson had a good handful of Charlie Adams' uh, jumper beforehand. Um, and I know uh, when you, you heard him on sports scene he was kind of scathing of, of Ferguson. I, I don't think that there was any intent to hit anybody in the head or he wasn't leading with the elbow. Um, he was certainly trying to free himself. And I think Charlie Adams, and it might sound wrong, is old enough that if he'd wanted to hit somebody to hit him properly. But <laughs> Ferguson... A, a, you know, at, at the end of the day, they were saying there should have been a foul to uh, uh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen in the first instance. No, it was the other way about because the first foul was on Charlie Adam and I, I saw it that he was just trying to free himself.
0: Do you agree with that, Des? Was it more um, like Steve says, just Charlie trying to get away from his man? Yeah, it was
2: six of one and half a dozen or the other. It was a, a coming together. Lewis Ferguson was clearly pulling his jersey. Um, Charlie's tried to... Hold them off is probably the best word. Uh, I don't think there was any malicious intent. I don't think there was any real cause for, for damage. I think it's just when anyone's right, Phil, if you're going for yellow cards, yeah, but no, just blow the whistle, Phil, get started, play on, and nobody's talking about it. I think, it
0: might, well, it might, I was going to say, Doug, it might be the fact that Charlie Adams, it was his pass that set up the equaliser for Dundee late in the game.
3: Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's
0: probably exacerbated Goodwin, but I think
3: <laughs> on Stephen Dez's point, you know, he's, he's certainly been pulled back. But that doesn't qualify him to potentially elbow or punch someone in the face if that is what happened. Now, I don't think that is what happened, but being fouled doesn't then justify you to react in a manner that could result in a yellow or red car defence haven't happened. For me, maybe the referee should have stopped it nice and quick before it escalated into something that could have been a little bit more serious. Um, I do think Adam... Um, probably deserved a yellow card for his reaction I don't think you can justify it just because you're being fouled and the ref hasn't given it but it was nowhere near an elbow to the face you know, at yeah. if, if worse it was a, a you know an overreaction to being pulled back by, by Ferguson of Aberdeen I think it goes back to the, remember the
2: David Beckham one in France, it was a petulant yes. uh, hmm. if anything at all Absolutely.
0: Another one uh, in this game, and, and it's it's an aspect we don't like, it's the, the simulation side of things, Steve, and we'll talk about a couple of these actually tonight, but um, the first one's Vicente Bazian of Aberdeen, who goes down as if he's been shot by a sniper and he's lying in a heap and then all of a sudden when... When Appertine's score, you've never seen quicker reactions in your life as he leaps
1: up to celebrate. Well, there's a few things in there um, and it's, uh, I don't know what uh, the word would be, uh, but it was Lazarus was the last one to recover quite as quick <laughs> as that. But he went down, yep, there was no foul in it, went down um, again as if uh, he had been elbowed in the face, didn't didn't move. So in the first instance he was putting his own, he would rather lie there um, and jeopardise an attack from his own team rather than get up and get on with it. Um, and when you see it, it, not only before uh, when they scored, before when the, the guys were coming into the box, he moved out of the way. <laughs> and then when they scored, he, he made his medical recovery. It's absolutely shocking. It was disgraceful it's, from it's beginning horrendous. It's,
2: it's yeah. um, I think we said in our chat, it was a resurrection of mm-hmm. him at that moment in time. <laughs> uh, but taking it all back, I mean, he's been down, he's been down in chapters. So he's taking his time to get there. Uh, but that's just outright cheating. absolute cheating Uh, and I really hope that Jim Goodwin has a word with him and I hope that the player's embarrassed but I really don't think he will
0: Is there any retrospective action that could be taken in that regard then? Are the the authorities allowed to? to I don't think there's anything retrospectively but you know there are
3: misconduct codes that address things like unsporting behaviour or showing a lack of respect for the game Um, and whether or not that falls into one of those two categories is down to the referee in question's opinion but you know, everything, every, every part of me would be looking for a reason to give some sort of sanction for that because it just leaves a poor taste in your mouth as a as a supporter of the match watching that game. And as an official, you know, obviously the games we go into, we don't expect them to be easy, but these type of incidents and these reactions make it infinitely harder and will we'll largely draw referees towards potentially reaching the wrong decision, which just further angers, fans, players, pundits and managers alike. If we want to have a game where the referees are better prepared to reach the right decisions and come to the correct outcomes, then that involves
0: the players managing themselves professionally. Are these directives given at the start of the season as well, though, Steve? You know, where players are told, look, simulation's not on, you can't do it, cut it out.
1: Yeah, the well, as you know, the, uh, the laws of the game are brought out... Um, I knew every year, and as somebody slagged me off earlier on, it's no longer a book; it's a thing called an app. Apparently, <laughs> so everybody knows. But the, the premier teams, especially, have got absolutely no excuse because they are all invited to a meeting um, at Hamden before the start of the season, and whoever's in charge of the referees, it's uh, Crawford just now, is, is sitting there telling them how it's going to be done. But certainly, Maddie, uh, when I went along, there was two of the the Cat Ones refs refs there as well, who spelt it out to them completely. Sadly, not everybody turned up to that meeting. But <laughs> hell mend them. That's your fault for not going to to get it. So they they know full well what what's meant to happen.
0: Should the referee have have booked Bazain and that incident for 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 play acting?
2: Ethically and morally, yes, uh, because it is a clear, blatant um, flout of the flout of the laws. Mm. More the. More the sporting integrity I mm-hmm. would say is the is the one for it I think it would be difficult to, to expect the referee to jump on that Because the goal's been scored There's lots of things going on The assistant referee's making sure What's what's going on in the pitch I, I, It sounds, sounds bad to say it. I wouldn't be looking for the referee To be jumping in yep. there However I reference it there it's, it's morally and ethically Absolute cheating And the player They don't care so As long as the team win And as long as the team score They do not care What's going on there just looking at the three points and a win bonus?
1: I think that's harsh on the ref. I wouldn't be certainly if, if I was refing it, I wouldn't even have noticed that he had recovered quite so dramatically. And um, mm. you've you got plenty of plenty of other things to be getting on with when mm. a goal scored. So I ethically, I maybe and I don't know VAR wouldn't be involved in that kind of situation, but if and when it came in and things develop, um you know, who knows, that might be something that gets looked at later on. But and as we are now, I don't think the ref could have done anything no, about that. No, absolutely not. Watching it in sports and he would have hoped he could have done something about it. Mm-hmm. But he, he couldn't.
0: Like we say, we just try and embarrass him into so saying that he might not do it again. Well, hopefully, maybe he <laughs> listens to this. <laughs> in, a, in the same vein, there was a, a similar incident. To, in fact, two more sim- incidents of the same nature. Firstly, in the, um, in the Hearts match, where um, Barry Mackay wins a penalty against Ross County. Connor Randall's the the player involved, but you weren't really convinced about that one, were you, Des?
2: Absolutely not. Absolutely, 100%. It is not a penalty kick. It's not a foul. Barry Mackay has went to ground extremely easily. Connor Randall, quite justifiably, is not happy with it. Um, We've looked at the position of Gavin Duncan in it, and it's just one of these ones, in my opinion, that just a bad call. It was not a penalty. There was no contact. Barry McKay should have been cautioned for simulation uh,
0: and Gavin Duncan just has to, has to soak that one up. <laughs> it's not easy for, for Frost County. You know, they're fighting to get in the top six, uh, Steve. So but when a decision like that goes against them, it's a hard one, isn't
1: it? Uh, yeah, no matter who who you are, when a decision like that goes against you, it's 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 hard to take. But as we maybe mentioned in some of the other ones, um, you, you look at it as well. Uh, and, you know, players, in my opinion, Practice moves like that. There's no way that that can come as just a, a one-off. I'm sure all four of us are think. Yeah, if if we were you know, had a defender breathing down your neck, you wouldn't get down uh, like that. You, you just wouldn't have it in you. So that that's practiced, and I think that's the worst thing about it. Mm. But yeah, it, it's a hard one to it's a hard one to take, and that is one that VAR would be involved in because of uh, because of the penalty. So hopefully um, that'd be one that would be getting reversed and. Uh, hopefully <laughs> Mr Mackay getting his just, uh, just uh, reward for it I as think, well. I yeah. think the
2: words we're going to come back to, it, and if VAR does come in, it's clear and obvious. Yeah. And I think that everybody uh, outside Gavin at that moment in time, it was clear and obvious on review. That's there one for the yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely.
3: I think on your point though, Des, and it is one of the ones that we discussed just before we came on, is around the referee's position. And I know he's not you know, well to the right-hand side of it, but I think... He thinks the defensive players came across the run of Barry McKay and that's obviously what's contributed to the foul. And I think it's one of those ones that unless you're almost directly behind it, it's very difficult to see that clear line, the path of direction, the path of the, sorry, the, path of the challenge. And I think he's just you know, three or four steps to the right and he's not moving too much to the referee. I don't think it would have been too much for him to have moved into a better position, just step to the left to have a look at that to get the clear view between the players. But he stayed quite static, and I think that's probably restricted having just that completely clear view and even just being, you know, half a yard or two yards to the right hand side of that challenge slightly obstructs it and it might look that the legs just gone across the player. But I think, again, from the angles that we've seen, the TV angles, it's absolutely not a penalty. I think that's something that we can all agree on, but I am quite comfortable giving him a bit of an out on that one. No, (laughs) see, I'm I'm not. And I, and (laughs) I, I don't want to be critical.
2: It's his job to be in the right position. It's his job to take those two. He shouldn't be static. If the ball's in the penalty area, there's two things going to happen. A challenge is going to come in or a shot at goal yep. is going to come in. So if, if you're anticipating that, then you've got to be in the right position to try and call it. And it's not being critical of Gavin, but I just think you need to be a little bit cuter there.
1: I think it. I'm, I'm agreeing it was, it, it was wrong, just clearly wrong, but I'm kind of... As, as you know, I'm always one that's uh, clutching at straws sometimes. Um, but Gavin's relatively new to this, this level, so hopefully it's something that, we, that will come to him. But I, I think he, he should, should have been probably a bit uh, wider out on, on that one. But he just made it wrong.
0: The, the, that one, I, mean, I suppose the one thing in that regard was there was some contact, albeit Barry Mackay's initiated that contact by sort of forcing himself onto the leg, if you like. Whereas in the Hibs game against Indy United, um, Chris Mueller looks just as of you know, taking a quick Greg Louganis there, doesn't he? I mean, that's one of those, isn't it? Do you remember him? Um, <laughs> I he's <do>. too young. <laughs> no, no, I'm all done like Hitting his head off the diving board uh, and the way right. back down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for you, total simulation
2: there? He's initiated the contact. I don't think that he's looked in he's. Diggy's unsure with Duggy's this get wait, wait, wait get I know, uh, alright Dougie I'll let you go first No because
3: you are just shoot me down <laughs> No I think that there's not a lot of contact I think that's fair to say um, however the contact is on the left knee of the attacking player as the ball's just moved away I don't think there's a huge amount of contact there but he's changing direction I don't think it takes a lot for that player to be fouled whether he hits the deck and you know in an elaborate fashion is down to the opinion of everybody who was watching but I think the contact's far side from the referee. I think it's justifiable that he's not seen that because it isn't a wild swing. It's not a, a tackle at pace or with any sort of crazy force. But I think there's contact there that's prevented that player from going through and continuing his attack. And that's why I think the penalty was the right call. But he's been booked for simulation. Mm-hmm.
0: Hello? Steve, did you, would you think Mueller was diving or do you think he was fouled? I was a dive. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I
1: hear what Dougie's saying. Um, and much to my own amazement, I'm agreeing with this. <laughs> Any contact that was made, it was initiated by by the Hibs player. The, the defender had nothing to do with it. In my opinion, you know, that, that one was called right.
0: Good call there, but not such a good call from Kevin Clancy up at uh, Perth, unfortunately. Two big decisions didn't go the, the, the way they should have done in that game. And first of all, let's talk about Superman in the penalty area. I mean, that was uh, quite a remarkable handball that wasn't given... Um, Dan Cleary I mean I don't know how Kevin missed that one does I don't know the only thing he was missing the the blue blue outfit
2: on him. All he was missing was a red cape Um, (laughs) it was an arm ball Um, there was no player next to him he's tripped to his own volition and no it's a penalty kick you can't you can't hide from that that's just an an obvious error Unfortunately, like Kevin just had one there.
3: It's one of those ones though, with the handball laws, it's written these days. I think the amendment previously it had, if the arm was extended downwards, if you're falling and it hits it, it's legitimate. But they've amended that to a natural position for the action being performed. So if the player's falling and he's put his arms down, I would say that's a natural reaction and it wouldn't be handball. But in this one, he's, he's elbows off his body and he's actually, with intention, elbowed the ball. I don't know if maybe the referee's not been di- directly looking at it because it's a slip, so it's very difficult to anticipate. Maybe he's seen it peripherally, maybe he's not focused exactly on that player slipping, and that's why he's just not giving it, assuming that the player's failed, it's hit his arm, it's natural, it's unfortunate, but let's move on. But on replay, you can see <laughs> the arms came off the body to hit the ball. He's not used it to fall, support his body, and then it's hit it. So no,
1: it's, it should absolutely have been a yeah. penalty. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's as clear a penalty as we're going to yeah, get. Totally. Um, yeah. And I, I would take it to say that it, it was a howler, but it, it looked at it. But again, a, a look at mitigation. I mean, you, see, uh, you, you saw the highlights. And I'm, I'm, again, I might be clutching at straws by this one. But the, there was definitely movement across Kevin from a, cu- a couple of players. That's what I'm maybe. saying. Maybe just before it. And the, but what I'm saying is the player who committed the handball slipped,
3: you know, and you can't you can't anticipate that. That's something that's, you know, you're not looking for that type of action to happen. And if, if his view has been obstructed at the same time, even for that kind of flip, you know, half second, you might just assume the ball's hit his arm as he's fallen to the ground accidentally. And that's why he's decided, although it's hit his arm, it's not it's a handball.
2: It's a reactive decision there or non-decision by, by Kevin at that point, because as you say, the player has tripped that doesn't then take away with the fact that no. it's been a foul and he's his hand he's deliberately, he's, armed ball, it. he's deliberately played it yeah. so Livingston can feel very very hard done 100%. and I know David Martindale sorry I don't know David Martindale personally but when I seen his interview he was extremely upset yeah. and quite rightly so be saying degree. that this can cause a amount of money in regarding a- where they're going to be yeah. so it does have far reaching effects
1: But I, I, I would have to say Kevin must have that there must have been something obscure in his vision whether it was just wrong anticipation or the, the players coming across him because that was that was a howler.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it allowed uh, St. Johnson to win the game, as you say, um, which is vital for them in their fight against relegation, of course. But like you say, Livingston trying to get top six for the third year running, which is would be a fantastic achievement for a team of their stature. Um, another another mistake in that one, unfortunately, for Kevin as well. Um, a bit of a wild challenge, James Penrice on Sean Rooney. Big Sean Rooney, the, the cup hero of last mm-hmm. season. And it was so bad that the the substitute by, by the goal was holding his head uh, in uh,
2: disbelief there. And that was his own teammate that was in disbelief at it. Uh, Penrice is just obviously, he's out of control, he's fast, he's gone with his legs up. I don't understand why you cannot get that. I wouldn't be looking for anyone else to make that decision, the far no. side assistant, because it's so deep into the penalty area. Mm-hmm. The fourth official being 50, 60 yards away, the other assistant. Unfortunately, it's the referee's decision only But again, you've got to be switched on When the ball's going into the penalty area You need to be alert and high alert And that, I think even the, the sports team guy said That it ticked every box And <coughs> we don't like to to quote other people but, No, no, no but, but, it, but it did It absolutely did He's no endangering the safety of an opponent Regardless behaviour, reckless behaviour it's a red card. I was
0: thinking like, it was Andy Shinney, wasn't it? With hands on his Yeah, his hands yeah, he his
1: on his head. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was an awful tackle, and even I can't put up any defence on, on on that one. You know, sometimes it happens. Um, but he was. Kim was obviously convinced of what he saw because he, he he cautioned him. But no, every day that's that's a red card. It was.
3: I yeah. I don't. I wonder if he's seen the full severity of the challenge because when the challenge is made, which is on the the touchline. The referee's on the 18-yard line in the box, so he's a full 18 yards away from it. And the it's the left foot of the player going off the park that makes the challenge. And I think he's seen enough to know that it's a yellow card. But I would maybe doubt that through his position on the park as the challenge is made, has he seen the, you know the clear reckless? Sorry, the clear you know serious foul play attempt.
1: I I would think from from that one, and I know I'm I'm always looking for mitigation, but in that one I really can't see it. He, he had a clear unobstructed view of it. He's just called it wrong.
0: That's obviously two big mistakes in the game, Des. So from that point of view, talk us through the process. He'll be marked down for that, then, Kevin, won't he? And will that impact his his next uh, next employment or next appointment? Yeah, uh, he'll obviously um,
2: have negative comments within his within his report. Mm. Necessarily, I don't think on that one decision uh, shouldn't necessarily put them down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a player. If a player has a bad game, yeah. then you're allowed to to regroup. You don't just you don't just drop them. Um, Kevin's a safe pair of hands mm-hmm. within the SPL. He's been there for a number of years. He's a good referee. Yep. He's a very intelligent guy as well. He's he's very personable, manable. I would hope that it, it wouldn't impact on him too greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, put him put him into the championship or whatever. The the difficulty for me there is it's the perception of other clubs. If Kevin Clancy then turns up at Club X and go Oh well You're not in the top league anymore Why have you been put here mm-hmm. So I think they've got to back him I would I would certainly hope so
1: Absolutely I mean I, I don't think Kevin said uh, Anything too drastic uh, The rest of the season no, Nobody's perfect So he will, he will get marked down From that one If if The powers that be Agree with us He'll be marked down From uh, making two major Major errors But I mean it all depends it's it's the same I mean, nobody dropped Terry Butcher when he scored a, a headed OG from virtually <laughs> the halfway line it's, <laughs> it's it's a mistake and it's he's not had a good day at the office but he's not done anything outrageous before so I, I wouldn't be thinking that, he, that there would be any more sanction other than getting I a mark me. that he wouldn't be happy with
0: I would certainly hope not I'd certainly hope, hope not well, let's go to a, a positive refereeing performance. Uh, we talked in the build-up to the to the uh, Rangers-Celtic match that Willie Collum was the right man for the job. You both agreed. You thought he was going <laughs> to be a safe pair of fans. And my goodness, uh, it's one of the, I guess, the, the easiest derbies to have handled for many a year, Steve.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll say, if, um, I'm, and I'm quite happy to say, it, I didn't think it, it would be quite as safe a pair of hands, but yes, yeah, he it showed us all. Um, but again, take slight issue, Um a uh, it's down to Willie and his team to make the game easy Um, I always say my mother could make an easy game very hard (laughs) Um, so all credit to him Um, I think he had a
0: him and his team had a a fabulous day and they can be very proud of themselves the thing that that I noticed Des and you you might concur is that he he let the game go early in the game he wasn't um, quick to pull out cards no uh, I I Totally agree with Steve Again
2: Something we don't always do <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought Willie Had a fantastic game yesterday It's probably And Steve's alluded that, I wouldn't say the easiest game Because you can only make a game Easy and hard for yourself But I think Willie Five, six years ago May have jumped in a little <laughs> bit earlier with, with cautions and, But he was feeling the game He was letting players Find their feet He was letting A couple of things go And you could see him He was working all the time You could see him Constantly talking to players He was passing them by And the fact that it took for 41 minutes For the first caution In an old firm game Um, That's Quite unprecedented In in recent years Absolutely But but I also think You've got to give Willie all the credit In the world When that caution did come Everybody knew It was a caution Mm. Nobody complained Lindstrom got straight up Walked away No complaints Um, The crowd The management Everybody else So I think from that Moment in time Everybody knew that Yeah really was, was in control
3: and I think mm-hmm. it goes back to reading the temperature of the game and the, that goes down to the players as well both sets were in control there was no nastiness there was no nasty challenges. there was no reason for them to go for the yellow card early on to try and control a player or a team at any point point. and in doing so it allowed the players to go and challenge and compete without that fear of being booked all the time mm-hmm. and allowing the game to continue to play around and you know not stop all of the time and that contributed to a really competitive and open game
1: of football yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, And we've, we've said before uh, on here, you know, all credit to uh, both sets of teams and, and management. Because you know a couple of incumbents ago for, from both, they wouldn't have been as well behaved as that. And I know we're, we're commending people for behaving like adults, but we, we, we all know that is rare, <laughs> uh, rare these
0: days. It was, um, like you say, it was fairly incident free. There were three po- potential penalty incidents in the match. Um, the first one, the ball strikes Carter, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers' arm from Ryan Jack' uh, sort of attempted shot, and immediately Willie said it was not a penalty. Is that are you comfortable with that decision?
2: Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I think the, the 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 pace the ball was coming at Carter-Vickers from Ryan Kent. What's your opportunity to get your arm out the road? Um, and no, that's not a penalty.
3: Yeah. It's His hand is natural Or his arm is natural Positioned Mm -hmm. It couldn't be any closer To his body And it hit the arm High up on the arm It actually hit his sleeve You know And as a lost eight It's currently It's from the arm Hitting down That the arm is considered To be illegally used So Higher up on the arm Above that It's a reasonable part Of the body For the ball to strike So I don't think there's anywhere in the law that would qualify that as a handball. No, agreed. Okay. Absolutely. Nothing,
0: nothing to add. Yep. Do you think Kenny Rangers played even claimed it? No, no,
1: well, maybe had a wee half look. But I think no.
0: Ryan Jack put his
1: arm up, but he would do, wouldn't he? Yeah, just of course, he did. That's natural, but no, nothing.
0: Actually, that was the second incident. The first one was um, when uh, Dyson Maida was going through on goal. Uh, Alan McGregor came out, um, tried to attack the ball, and then he did actually catch Maida with his trailing leg after the ball had gone away. Was that a penalty for you, does
2: Again, no. Um, Made a he tried to dribble very very fast feet, which he must be credited for. But when the contact was made, he wasn't in control of the ball, and he wasn't going to get control of the ball. So, no, not apparently for me.
1: No, I, I I agree, and and I think, and I know Doogie's maybe going to say a different no, but to to uh, for me, McGregor came out perfectly reasonably for a uh, for a goalie. You all see them. Um, he's maybe not quite as good at it as Craig Gordon, but um, that that's how uh, goalkeepers come out and make make challenges. No, I. Absolutely, yeah, perfectly happy with it. I I totally agree with that in entirety. I think McGregor has come out and controlled.
3: I think he's spread himself fairly, what you would expect a keeper to do. He's not played in a manner that would endanger Maida So mm-hmm. I think everything about his attempt to win it is, is fair and reasonable. I think the only thing that could have changed the complexion of that decision and, and maybe put a magnifying glass on it is if. Maida's touch wasn't off to the right hand side and as a result not being in control of the ball if he'd have maybe got there and nicked it under McGregor and was then unable to kind of hurdle him or go around him because of the contact that then might bring it into the conversation for it being a justifiable penalty but Maida in stretching for that ball and using his pace to get there touching the ball away and losing contact is, is probably one of those mitigating factors that contributes to it not being a penalty mm. although there was reasonable contact
1: Yeah, I'm happy with that but I, th- I think it has to, we have to mention as well um, that it looked as though he made a, had a couple of steps away from the incident before he thought about going down. Um, Don't know, so.
3: I
0: think he's
1: maybe a half step.
3: Mm. I think he would been half, Stephen. <laughs>
0: mm. <laughs> Trying to buy it, you think? <laughs> well, that's a good expression. Yeah, we'll have that one. <laughs> and there was another um, incident, uh, a Rangers incident, where um looks like Carter Vickers has got a handful of um, Connor Golson's shirt and it's one I know it happens a lot in the penalty area, but uh, it looked pretty blatant at the time. Maybe if he'd gone down, he might have got that one, Des.
2: I mean, what you—it happens all. The, you just said it there. It happens all the time. There's jostling and pushing and pulling. When you see it in slow motion, you see how much of a, a grab he did have,
3: potentially. But at that minute in time, uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be going well, for it. Let me tell you something. It's one of those things that happens. All the time in these environments that the referee is never going to see because he's looking at other things that are more important. You know, he's focusing on the ball, where the ball is going to go, etc. That's out of the line of sight. It's something that the referee is just never going to see. An incident occurred in the English Premier League this weekend where the player was wrestled to the ground and VAR picked up on it. Now, it was nowhere near the ball or the corner that was being swung in. The ball wasn't going anywhere near it. He was about 10 or 15 yards behind it toward the back of the six-yard box. VAR picked it up and gave the penalty. And I think it was a great decision, and it is one of those things that referees just don't see. I think in that old firm match there at the weekend, if VAR was active, it would probably look at that, and there's certainly a decision
1: to be made. But we only got it from one side; we didn't see what was going on in the other side. And to be fair to Willie, he he had that view, of course. Um. So and it it looked, is it a, was it Golson? Yes. Yeah, yeah, He looked as though he had a hold of him from from the other side well, as well. well I'm was, sure that that could, picture exists. That
2: was that was my yeah. circumstance. I'm going to say you're seeing two players it's there. What's going on with the other 10, yeah. 12 that are in the yeah. penalty area at the yeah. same yeah. time? So if you're going to isolate one incident, then you have to be 100% nailed on yeah. because that is not going to be the only challenge or um, coming together and conflict that's happened at that one point. It's yeah. going to be happening amongst everyone.
3: And that's why it is all if buts and maybes because I guess we don't have VAR in the game anyway. Yeah. You know, so it's academic at this stage, but if that was the main thing that was going on in terms of being filled in the area, then if VAR highlights that, there's a call for the referee to make and it's up to him to decide at that point, okay, is this a penalty or not? Because there was a clear hold of his jersey. Agreed.
1: But the VAR, you would hope, would have a a view from the the other side as well. Yeah. Um, And I'm speaking out of ignorance, but I wouldn't be highly surprised if he didn't have a hold of Carter Vickers as well. At some point. Yeah.
2: I mean, I am um, thinking of a wee bit back to the Morelos uh, one at Dundee last aye. week, when they were both pulling and pushing each other, it's pretty much a similar,
0: similar same kind of case, that, isn't yeah. it?
1: Mm-hmm. Somebody has a still from one angle and then somebody has a still from another angle.
0: Well, th- so thankfully there weren't too many, um, you know, talking points, if you like, from the game as such in terms of contentious decisions. But sadly, uh, there were some shocking scenes uh, at Ibrox yesterday and, uh, you know, something that has to really be stamped out in the game, Steve. It's You know, bottles being thrown onto the park, uh, shards of glass in Joe Hart's penalty area, which could have seriously injured a player. Um, I mean, these are just terrible things we don't want to see in our game.
1: Absolutely beggars belief that, uh, that that could happen, that people think that that's a reasonable thing to do. First, there's a glass bottle being brought in, and I know it's impossible to... Uh, to closely examine everybody that goes into a pitch, but somebody's taken in in a bottle and thought it was reasonable to fling broken bits of glass onto a a football pitch. So that guy, and I've got absolutely no doubt with uh, with the CCTV and things that they've had here and everybody having season tickets, that there will be evidence of who threw that bottle. So he, that thug, in my opinion, should be imprisoned. He should certainly never be allowed anywhere near a football pitch again. And the two or three who are sitting beside that guy who saw him doing it are also as culpable as him. So they should have their season tickets taken off them and they're absolute cowards.
0: And l- unless they, they come forward and, and identify, which they haven't done so they, far. They haven't appear. done
1: yet, um, but you're yeah, absolute cowards. And if they're sitting there squirrelling about it, then mm-hmm. that, that, for God's sake, you know that a sliding tackle in that bit of glass goes in somebody's eye. Unbelievable. But that's the man the, You
3: know, the mindset of the fan who threw that bottle. He's also thinking only about Joe Hart at that point. Aye. But he's forgetting that Kamar Roof could be going for a challenge absolutely. to slow the goal that could result in an injury, or the defender, or the referee slips, or anyone, you know, something anyone who could have to be on that park at any time. Aye. It could be absolutely. it could even be a physio coming on to treat somebody who's injured. It could be anyone.
2: That is absolutely unacceptable. As Steve said I, I, I'm i in agreement that The the guy who threw it Or man or lady Whoever whoever threw this It's the people Around them If they the, If they've not come forward They're deeming that acceptable mm-hmm. And you've got your idiots On both sides Absolutely you do But if I'm standing next To a, a game of football And I'm seeing someone Throw a bottle Onto the pitch Aimed at any person Or anyone You've got to stand forward You've
0: got to come forward And as Steve used the word It's cowardly yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't an isolated incident. Sadly, just before half, or sorry, at half time, one of the Celtic backroom staff, one of the physios, was hit in the head by a bottle coming from the main stand um, as, as they're trying to go up the tunnel at half time and required some treatment, Steve.
1: Absolutely. Same, same scenario, exact same words. It's shocking. It's criminal. Um, they should be banned for the rest of their lives. And in my opinion, the people that watched them doing it and said nothing about it should also be banned for the rest of their lives.
3: Yeah, and I think just to point out as well, the referee's role and cleaning up the pitch has to be commended. I mean, I, I guess they didn't have you know much of a decision to make on it, but the referee's priority before, during, and after the match, beyond the result or anything to do with the game,
1: is the player safety. And you I know. have to say it, and again commend them. And you know, you again commending people for making uh, for acting like adults. The Rangers players were looking for bits of glass in yeah. there as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was all dealt with very calmly yeah. and professionally. So, no, and that's that's uh, not just the refereeing team, but the Rangers stewards and, and Rangers ground staff as well who who made sure the place yeah. was was safe to play.
0: I know, because in the build-up to the game, we talked about 99 and Hugh Dallas getting hit by the coin and that type of thing. We hoped that all of that had gone from our game, but it's reared its ugly head again, Steve. And I think uh, there was some objects thrown at Jota as he tried to take a corner as mm-hmm. well. A coin just missed him on that occasion, so it's all shocking Real
1: absolutely bad. yeah and you know even talking about you know the um the the celtic side and we we know um that something good happens to one team it's automatically bad for the other Um so b- before anybody gets up on their high horse yeah you talk about hugh dallas um and you, you saw how unacceptable it was when uh neil lennon got hit with something at, at Tynecastle. it's not acceptable at all and Again, I'm banging on. Whoever did it should be found and they should be banned for life from ever going anywhere near a football pitch.
0: We've also seen, Des, uh, some alarming footage. Um, uh, this today, actually, a different angle of the second Celtic goal. When they go to celebrate uh, the goal, someone tries to come out of the the, East the old East Enclosure in the main stand at Ibrox to go onto the pitch and another supporter pulls them back. I mean, that's, that's just crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely bizarre. And I think the... The
2: supporter If you want to use that word Supporter um, He can only be grateful That his he's, he's colleague at the side And pulled him back um, Why do people think They're allowed to, to go onto the field of play And attack a player it, They're there for their entertainment It's a game You play your football You play your 90 minutes And you go back up the road So yeah It's almost like going back to the dark days again mm-hmm. It's almost getting that way And I really don't understand why And I know they put the games on at 12 o'clock to try and discourage people from going to pubs, etc., But all they're doing is they're starting earlier mm-hmm. or carrying on from the night from before. The right before. So I, I don't know if there is an answer. I really, really don't. And it beggars the belief that people still think these are acceptable acts to, to portray mm-hmm. in 2022.
0: There have been a couple of incidents this this season, Steve. Not a serious, of course. I, I think it was Barry Mackay was hit by a plastic bottle at Celtic Park playing for Hearts. There was a pyro thrown from St. Johnson supporters against Dundee, and and uh, Lee Griffiths kicked it back into the crowd. <laughs> Ended up in trouble himself when he was being targeted by the St. Johnson supporters. Mm-hmm. But this is this is this is the worst uh, we've had for a while, isn't it? I mean, do you think that the authorities should be doing something about this?
1: It, something in inverted commas, yeah, absolutely. Somebody should be doing something because this just isn't acceptable. It's uh, and you know it seems to be escalating. It's bad enough having a coin thrown at you, it's bad enough having a plastic bottle thrown at you. And I've mentioned before about being in, uh, on a game in Athens and getting plastic bottles thrown at you. It's, it's not nice. But when they're starting to throw on shards of glass, that's... And I, I can't believe I'm saying that about a game of football yep. up here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those ones It's difficult to convey. I know you
3: used the, uh, you know, it's, it, it's one of the worst incidents, you know, escalating it from plastic bottles and whatnot. But there has to be just a blanket zero tolerance is supposed to throw anything onto the park because whether it's plastic bottles or something that does isn't designed to cause any sort of significant harm that then becomes the bar of what's acceptable and there's always someone wanting to kind of push it that little bit further and then that becomes the bar of acceptability then it goes a little bit further again and before you know it you are throwing glass bottles and shards of glass i think whether it's something soft and fluffy or that doesn't cause any damage if you're throwing anything onto the park you need to be getting looked at and, and making it clear that nothing should be entering the field of play because there is always some idiot somewhere who thinks, well, I'm
1: going to do this then if he's done that. But uh, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes you think, oh, when when you've won the league and people are throwing balloons on and all the rest of it, but who knows what's in that balloon when you stamp on it. So I, I, I see your point. It's It's all or nothing, so leave it at that.
0: The thing is, the SPFL, obviously, they're waiting for the, the delegates' report to come in, Des. Um, in, in your experience, that's usually within 24 hours after the final whistle, I'd imagine. So they should have it by now. Um, you just wonder what they'll do with that information.
2: Sometimes I really wonder what the delegates' report and how much that weight carries, because we, we, we don't really, we didn't get, co- we got a copy of it and we could see what what was written.
3: But it's, it's not got much to do with the referee, though, has it? Really, no, it's not, not to do more with the but, conduct of the club and their measures and how they've controlled the but environment situation. see if you think situation? about it. For how many years they've been
2: talking about sectarian singing and, and and things coming from the stand, and there's an observer or delegate at every single game, and it never gets raised. Never, it man, never, never raised, ever yeah. ever gets raised. So is that saying then that the SFA are are culpable in allowing it? I don't know.
1: Well. Yeah, fair play, you, yeah. You, you hear it every week, but I don't know what the SPL delegates got to say differently from what we all saw—that there was shards of broken glass on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's, what's the S- Since when did they become uh, legal representatives? Waiting for the SPL delegate? Piece of nonsense. No, we are, we, we get- all saw it. The government get involved when uh, Ali McCoy's
2: and Neil Lennon had a, had a, a, a wee contreton on the side of the park. So why are yeah. they not getting involved when they can hear 40,000 people singing on either side, singing songs that aren't, aren't acceptable? If, you,
1: aye, if the national associations get involved, then that goes to FIFA because yeah. it's written, it's, it's in the laws that you're just not allowed to have any influence. In, and we know some places that that'll happen, but uh, the FIFA edicts are that there is no national interference with yeah. uh, uh, football associations But that doesn't involve The police Who see Absolute Mindless Idiots hmm. Doing that And it's got As far as I can see It's got absolutely Bugger all to do With the SBL delegate. The,
0: the authorities Tend not to 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 be um, To take action In these situations As you look historically Scottish Cup final 2016 There's thousands Of Hibs fans on they uh, harassing Rangers players and officials and Rangers fans come on, they start fighting each other and nothing happened. There was no uh, comeback to either club for that. There's been other instances, um, you know, Motherwell fans, and I think it was a playoff game against Rangers the year before in 2015. They were charged, but uh, no punishment was forthcoming. We have this problem there's no strict li- liability in Scotland um, like there is with UEFA, Steve. So maybe that's the get out for the authorities. Um I don't, do you know? I'm,
1: I'm not awful sure that you'd use the word get out. Is it something that we really need to look at now? Because fans, particularly, don't give a stuff. If a club's fined five grand, ten grand, fifteen grand, it makes no difference to them because they don't particularly uh, see it. But if their team is docked three points, then five points, then ten points, then twenty points, then maybe they will uh, pay attention. And I've heard some of the ludicrous excuses for, for not doing it that, oh, it, I wasn't at the game that day it wasn't my season ticket now look uh, if it it came from your seat and you've given your ticket away you're getting done as well Um, maybe it is time that the the clubs were held responsible for it because nothing else seems to be happening
0: what would be a fair sanction Des should there be a sanction against Rangers for what happened in that game that's for a a far higher power than me
2: to, to make that final decision I think they've got to hold their hands up and say that they're responsible for what goes on in their house, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I would like to think that the, the fans will be identified, they'll be reprimanded and season tickets taken off them. Um, that's it, end of. But I think clubs are under a, a duty of power to look after anyone who's in their stadium and
0: that's, that's just not acceptable. Steve's talking about points deductions, but maybe even closing sections of the ground or that type of thing, is that something you would sanction?
2: For me I would go down the points deduction um, Because I think that's where It'll hurt the team and it'll hurt the fans Even more to if you're going to take this As a serious issue then that's what If you you close a section stand you're still going to have 35,000 people there Mm -hmm. So what you're missing out in fans Players won't really That that won't affect them We've played through a lockdown for two years with no fans in the stadium But if you've got a, a, A A points deduction Then the players feel that and the well, players,
3: if they're feeling that then The fans will. And that's the thing I was just about to say. If it's a closure, it's temporary, they'll be back in. And if you know you lose your season ticket, you can get one off of a mate probably. Pick one up outside the stadium in often cases. Still find your way into the stadium, I'm sure. But, you know, if these fans, if you want to call them that, are so genuinely motivated by the success of their club, are faced with their club receiving an actual sporting sanction, i.e. losing losing points then that might be the motivator for them not doing something mm-hmm. so stupid next time.
1: But I wouldn't do it now against Rangers. Um, I don't think that would be fair. But you quote this incident and you highlight this incident and say from next season, that if there's a repeat, you get points taken off you. That, that's why I, I agree yeah, with I what it. the guys have said. Money doesn't matter. Closing the stand doesn't matter. Take points off. I Because yeah, is- if you're going to lose the league or you're going to potentially get relegated because you're a cretin... It's the only way to do it Well the justification would be If anything happens In that
3: stadium That compromises the safety Of Mm -hmm. the team that's playing Against that club Then And whatever team it is Whether it's Celtic Rangers Hearts Hibs Aberdeen It doesn't matter If you are a fan of uh, Club A And you throw something Onto the pitch And you threaten Club B From being able to compete of sound mind Maybe you know, playing through fear I mean if you're Joe Hart At the back of your mind You must be thinking God the next dive I could have a bit of glass In my elbow here I, Absolutely now, Unfortunately fortunately it never happened And it's not impacted The game as far as he's concerned But if you do something That could compromise The ability of the other team To play safely For that 90 minute period Then there should be A sporting penalty You're also compromising The safety of your own
2: players Your own players aye. So I think um, If the SFA SPFL Whoever are going to do it they have to reference this and use this as the line in the sand and say, look, this is what happened here. From now on, so Steve rightly said, from next season, Mm -hmm. then all bets are off. Every club, whether it be Celtic Rangers, Livingston, they know this will be the sanction and this will be the the deterrent um, in
1: what will will happen to you. Because we're we're talking about escalation and I can't remember who did the song, but if if you tolerate this, then your children will be next. (laughs) What's the next step that we tolerate that we don't have any action against. You know, it's scary enough to people uh, to think that people did this. Mm -hmm. What's the next thing?
0: Yeah. It's just shocking. No, for sure. Uh, Perhaps the Rangers might have handled it better. They still haven't uh, publicly condemned the actions uh, of their supporters on this occasion, other than a short statement from their supporters' liaison officer who says they've asked supporters to try and, if they know anything about it, to contact Police Scotland. It seems surprising communication from me. It's a bit flimsy, isn't it? It's
2: very flimsy. Um,
0: I'm not wanting to put
2: Rangers under the bus or anything that, but I think that because it was so public and so viewable all across Britain, I mean, this is not just going to, to Scotland, it's going to England, it's going across the world, and you've got a shard of a bottle of beer sticking out of your grass, mm-hmm. potentially severely injuring someone. I would have liked to have thought that Rangers would have acted a lot quicker and taken an official statement rather than just through the mm-hmm. supporters liaison.
1: Yeah, we're, we're commending them for how they dealt with the the actual glass and Rangers players helping to pick it all up. But that statement's pathetic. Yeah. Paying lip service and nothing more.
0: Absolutely. Um a, a bit of a sorry afternoon, sadly, in that regard, but um we can move on to the VAR situation, lads, because it's just been released that um that the, the SPFL will hold a meeting on the nineteenth of April. All 42 clubs are to vote on uh, the introduction of technology from next season. Um, We need 75% to back it in each division for it to go through. Um, So I'm surprised why all four divisions are are voting on it, but we guess that's because there's the possibility of promotion (laughs) for each club. So ultimately they would be affected by it. Um, So first of all, um, are you happy this vote's taking place, Steve? And are you hopeful that VAR will be introduced? Yes and yes. Um, thank God, how, how many times have we mentioned
1: it here, but thank God they're getting around to doing something about it. Yeah. Um, but why on earth is it taking uh, as long as this? And I hope that is the Herald of it uh, coming in, but by all accounts, uh, they're talking about taking the vote and it's going to come in at Christmas, n- next Christmas. Yes. You can not bring it in halfway through, not even halfway, you can bring it in when you're coming, I don't thinking see- about the top and the bottom six. What's the logic in that?
2: I don't see how you can... You can't change the laws of the game Halfway through the uh-huh. season You can't all of a sudden say Well this was acceptable Then It's not acceptable now So if you are club A And you have uh, An offside goal Scored against you Or a penalty kick decision Went for you against you In November It should be the same In March and April um, Absolutely And Again it really does strike of Playing at it They're not doing it properly um, If you're going to bring it in Bring it in from day one Or If you say you're going to trial it Okay just be open and tell people, right, we're going to trial it for the next six months, seven months, at, um, down down the divisions, so to speak, and have it ready for the following year. But you can't bring something in in, in January when you don't have it in August. That's two separate games. It's a different sport
1: entirely then. Absolutely. It has to be played under the same circumstances as, as the game earlier on. So the the week before VAR's in, you've, you've seen some of the incidents we've talked about and it gets and nothing happens. And the next week we're, we're changing everything drastically no, it's, it's madness
3: I mean I wonder if their rationale behind that or their justification is that the law itself isn't being changed the laws that the game actually are played to are being consistent it's just that VAR is going to assist in certain things that might have been missed not be missed you're changing the fundamentals of the
1: game though that you're allowing I'm just saying oh, oh, I wonder oh, oh, no. if this is yeah. the,
3: the, the get around is... well, it
1: is because they're not changing the rules but you are changing how a game is, uh, is governed and it's as good as changing uh, changing the rules because you're playing under a separate set of circumstances from the game last week. Yeah, listen, I totally agree. I think there has to be consistency across the
3: full season because there will be some massive decision at some point in the first part of the season that won't go uh, noticed because we don't have VAR. And then, um, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that one big incident that didn't get picked up because of VAR then is the hinge between a team finishing second or third, or first and second. You you can guarantee,
2: if there is that situation, the team that ends up relegated or the team that, doesn't get through in a, a, a cup semi-final, they will go to town on it. Sod's law. They will so go to will town happen. on it and yeah. it will
3: happen. One point between a position, a relegation top six, bottom six or whatever, and it's a penalty that was given that shouldn't have been yeah. and we didn't have VAR to kind of check it out. But I guess, as I say, the SFA might be looking at this thinking, well, the laws as they're applied and as the game is going to be getting adhered to, won't be changing whether or not VAR is implemented.
1: So, well, and, But the, we've waited this long and you know we've all seen the lists at the, the top, 25 countries in Europe and all the rest any weird language. anyway. Two or 25? Aye, two or 25, something like that. Why not, if you're going to bring it in at Christmas, why not just bite the bullet, admit we've made a complete arse of it, leave it another six months, bring it in at the start of the next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, if they're going to use it then
2: trial it, tell everyone you're going to do. I think the biggest thing is just the communication that comes from the SFA and the SPFL not telling you what their intentions are. So we've got this statement today saying that 75% of each club's in each of the divisions which I'm not a mathematician but surely if it's 75% of each division it's just be all 42 <laughs> telling, you, <laughs> telling you what the other is just bring it in, bring it in next year if you're going to do that trial it, have, have tests show them the results show what, what's the percentage of things getting right what's the percentage of things getting wrong in your justification or just
0: come straight in and do it you can't do it half-hearted you wonder why it's taken them this long to actually schedule a meeting, Steve, for the, the clubs to vote in the first place. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they've finally crunched the numbers and come up with a number that they think the the, the the clubs will buy into. And what what about the prospect of clubs voting against it? That would be fairly disastrous, wouldn't it? Well,
1: aye, it sounds like it. And, you know, no, if, um, imagine no, no disrespect, down. aye. But if we need 75% of the teams in League Two, and we, we don't know, and we're talking out of ignorance out of this, we don't know who's... Been asked to pay what. But if the teams in League 2 say, well, I'm going to get this, what, every five years when we draw Celtic in uh, the, th- the third round of the cup, be mm-hmm. buggered if I'm paying 20 grand for it. So if nobody in, the, in League 2 votes for it or less than 75, that's it's scuppered.
0: Mm-hmm. Which seems absolute madness to does, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. They're the ones that are going to have be less affected by it. But again, I'll go back to something I mentioned a, a number of weeks ago. If every club is uh, budgeting for the worst season possible, whereas and they they don't progress through cups, they don't get promoted, etc., then just take it off the take it off the 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 prize budget mm-hmm. um, and and go from there. But yeah, I can't imagine many two league clubs going to say, yeah, we want VAR when they're never going to use it.
0: You you'd, you'd like to think, Steve, that they've obviously. Gone around all this, the the premiership clubs and the championship clubs and they've, they've probably got the buy-in from them before they have their meeting. I mean, surely they wouldn't be as, as, <laughs> as unprepared <laughs> I, as that.
1: I was going to say, complete that sentence. Uh, I think the word think. <laughs> wouldn't bet the mortgage on it. Um, you you would assume, and you would assume that somebody's spoken to League One and League Two, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I really wouldn't. And it's, it's dead... It's, said, you know, it's 75% in each league. If you want it passed, it's 75% of the 42. Mm. And I don't know where 75% came from, but if they're settling on that, it's 75% of the clubs.
0: It does seem strange, but fingers crossed, we'll keep our eyes across that one. And in that regard, actually, we was talking about testing. Um, an under-14s game at the weekend was, t- was used as a test game. Two of our top officials were involved. Uh, and it turns out that two big decisions were overturned by VAR.
2: Allegedly, um, is is my information. Uh, I know they've got to try it somewhere, um, but apparently it was used through um, Hearts and Hamilton. Yes, I think yeah. it was under fourteen. Under so 14. and apparently At the, orium. That At the orium. They were, and there was two penalty decisions. Uh, I can't say for categorical definite that whether it was penalties for or penalties against. But it just shows you if you're needing VAR for an under 14 game, what is it going to be like if they stick it straight into the SPL? So there's teething trouble here. Uh, Dougie might know a bit more. I don't know.
3: I would just assume at that level they're figuring out how the technology works, how to yeah. react with one another, what the processes are and, you know, just going through the kind of step by step kind of processes that they need to understand when VAR has to be activated and when it is, what do they do and how do they communicate it? So. Yeah. By we've said there's, there's, <laughs> there's
2: Semaph- going to semaphore.
1: be we're going to make mistakes and there's no way around that. And no offense to the the kids playing in the under fourteen game, I'd much rather we overturn two penalties in the under fourteen game rather than two penalties at the weekend there. Um, and if you're and we don't know um, if those calls were right or or they were wrong, but yeah, we've got to start somewhere.
2: I think you've got to take the positives. The fact that they're now trialing it, yeah. I think that's the the big thing. Look, we've got the technology to use let's start it so we're in the early early days of April we've got a good number of months to to roll it out you're going to make mistakes you're going Mm -hmm. to and hopefully
0: we'll learn from them quickly yep absolutely listen thanks again guys for joining us tonight on uh, Get Involved Referee don't forget you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and give us some videos and little pointers you want us to follow up and we'll mention them in the next programme